CJ Savard, number 15. The speed of Picot, he's in, score! Hello everyone, this is the Philly Soccer Show on KLW News Radio's Greg Morandini. And I am Mike Savino from Philly Soccer Page. So this week we have Philadelphia Union fullback Keegan Rosenberry. And we do not have to do Union Group Therapy after no. a Union win. No Group Therapy, 3-2 win against DC, so let's talk to Keegan. Really good win, really much needed win. Uh, against DC at home, got the three goals, got the three points. A little tough giving up the two goals, but what, what was the mood kind of coming out of that game? Um, yeah, I think it was uh, like you said. You know, it was much needed, and uh, it was about time we, um, you know, kind of uh, felt like we actually had some output that that matched our performance. Um, you know, I think we've we've been relatively pleased with how we've been playing. It's just that uh, we can't get on the score sheet. Um, so from that. Uh, you know, from that perspective, it was we were good. To, we we're happy to score goals, um, and now the the challenge is just continuing that. You have a tough time uh, continuing that with a three game road trip coming up. Uh, the season has been a little bit slow to get going on the road with the two losses so far. Uh, what changes are you looking to make in front of this uh, away uh, road trip? Um, you know, I think uh, it's always difficult in this league. You know, you can look up the statistics with the home and the away performances. It's always difficult to try and. Um, continue to play the same way no matter what the venue is um, and I think that's something that we're going to strive to do this year we we've talked a lot about um, you know changing our road mentality and and by that I mean uh, basically um, you know our performances and, and what we gain from the performances on the road so um, you know we're going to do our best to uh, to do that it's much easier said than done but um, you know especially starting in a place like Toronto who's hungry for points and and still even though we're there in the standings one of the best teams in the league but um yeah, I think uh, it's a great test for us at this point. I think we're, you know, we have a high level of confidence after our last performance, and uh, and we're looking forward to it. I mean, you talk about playing the the same way on the road. We've seen we've seen a pretty good high press from the union this year, and we've seen probably more possession than we've seen in the the last couple of seasons. Do you think you'll be able to continue that on this road trip? Uh, yeah, and that, that's kind of what I'm referencing. Uh, you yeah. know, just talking about playing the same way. That's that's the um, you know, that's the goal. Um, it's difficult to, like I said, you know, it's easier said than done. It's difficult to really, um, uh, you know, uh, perform that way, but, uh, you know, we're going to do our best. And I think we have the, the right personnel to do that. Um, and I think the, the hardest thing, like I said, is the first, the first team in this road trip is, is it seems like is one of the best. Um, but again, we'll do our best and hopefully we come out with a, with a good result. Uh, in, the D- in the DC match, you guys seemed like you were really, uh, I, t- I asked Coach Curtin about it after the game, you guys were really, Working that right side, and you know, with you yeah. and Dutch Kell and Bedoya, just really kind of pushing, and and Elsino kind of pushing the ball forward that side. Uh, was that something uh, you guys talked about? You, you felt like DC was going to give you something. It was going to be easier work that, or was that something kind of through the game that developed? Um, it's a little both. I would say you know it was it was more of a natural thing. It's not something that we um, that we necessarily uh, you know really wanted to exploit. It's not like their left side was weaker, but um, you know, sometimes we, we just said, you know, Ale and, uh, and Bora kind of like to drift to that right side. Um, you know, that's just a little more natural for them. You know, Ale has played out on the right before with, you know, the national team. And um, sometimes that's a little more natural for him. And uh, and we don't want to, you know, make players uncomfortable if it plays to our strengths and we can still, 
play well as a team while uh, enhancing those strengths, then uh, you know it makes us better as a whole. I think, uh, and I think we did a relatively good job of that. Uh, you know, generating chances and and, uh, and keeping possession on that right side. So, um, and you know, now the goal is uh, just to, to balance that a little bit and try and get it on both sides, and um, and you know, not be you know not become too uh, too focused on that right side and, and almost uh, you know overplaying over there. So I, I think you you've you've played behind I think four different right wingers this this season. Um, has it been a little bit difficulty for you to get into the the groove with different guys coming in and out every game? Uh, you know, yes and no. I think uh, you know part of that. I think you know it's a double edged sword. I think yes, it, at times it has been just learning the different styles of players and um, and trying to get used to that. But at the same time, uh, you know, I can make it easier myself and communicate in the right way and. Um, and adapted to their games in the right way and, and playing to their strengths a little bit. And that comes through with the players well in the training and knowing their uh, tendencies and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's a difficult but I can do a better job and it's easier myself as well and, and, uh, and playing better with these guys. Um, one thing I've noticed about your game this year, it was uh, you know something I saw in your rookie year, uh, your ability to combine with other players. Uh, be with a guy in front of you, or or, or more centrally, uh, central uh, uh, midfielder. It was something that was kind of missing last year, but it's really come back this year. What do you attribute that to? Something you worked on in the off season? Is the personnel around you that's a little different? That are kind of helping out to, to to use that aspect of your game. Um, yeah, I think you know a little bit of it is uh, is just confidence. I think you know last year for me something that um, unfortunately that I struggled with was just getting into a groove and then finding that confidence. I think so much of um, of this level, I think you know, a lot of the times you, you have good players all over the place, but um, if they're not confident in themselves and believe in what they can do, then I think all that goes out the window. So um, unfortunately, uh, that that I think is what I struggled with a little bit last year. But um, but uh, you know, it's been it's been back a little bit this year. So um, and the challenge is just trying to maintain that and uh, and sustain you know what we've been doing so far and trying to build. One of the, the best stories so far out of the, the Union year has been uh, the play of Austin Trusty at center back. Can you yes, t- can yes, you talk yes. a little bit about his development and what it's been like playing alongside him? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's been really, really encouraging for us, uh, you know, to see a guy at that age and play with the type of maturity he does. Um, it's been really encouraging. I think uh, it's not easy to do. Um, you kind of get thrown into the fire like that. Um, you know, he, he has had some experience at the USL level last year, and I think that's helped him. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's difficult to replicate uh, MLS experience. Um, he's, uh, he's done exceptionally well. I think, um, there's always things he can improve on, but, you know, I think it's helps having Jack beside him with a little bit of experience from last year. Of course, you know, not an abundance of experience, but a little bit always helps. And, um, and it's been good. I think, you know, the staff and I think as teammates, we've been really pleased with them. So you have you're you're facing Toronto going up there. You talked a little bit about that, but kind of on a more individual basis, kind of matchup basis, the that Toronto attack is you know really exceptional with Jervenko and Altador. Uh, from a defensive unit standpoint, how do you guys prepare for that kind of attack? Like when you have that that caliber player coming at you, like working out yeah. assignments and things like that. Yeah, uh, I mean it's it's difficult. I mean you look at uh, you know what they've done to almost every team in the league and. Um, and you know it's a it's a difficult job. Uh, nobody's going to deny that. I think you know what I think uh, again, like I mentioned before, our road mentality and what we can do best is, is uh, try and be good with the ball so that we you know limit the time that they're on the ball and the, and the impact they make on the game. Um, you know the rest is is uh, is pretty much the same way we defend most teams. You know other than you know, small tendencies and small tactical changes, but 
you know, we're going to do our best to, you know, to um, you know, face up with them whenever they get the ball and they come at us as a team. But, um, but again, I think what's going to be most important important for us is uh, kind of limiting what they do by, by keeping the ball and keeping possession. Well, Keegan, I want to thank you very much for uh, hopping on with us tonight, and uh, good luck at Toronto. Hope to get you hope to get you on the show again later this year. I would love that. Thank you guys so much. All right, thanks, Keegan. All right, uh, Keegan Roseberry. I think at a carnival. <laughs> Is that, uh, what, is that what you were thinking? I was thinking. I wasn't sure. I was trying to. Is it, you know, I was on a roller coaster. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's great to hear from Keegan, and uh, uh, you really hear the confidence in his voice. And he he mentioned it. It's something he lacked last. Yeah. I mean, I, I, last year was. Uh, as tough a season I've seen a professional athlete go through, you know, barring barring an injury, just uh, you know, losing form, losing your spot, you know, kind of fighting back to get it back a little bit, having that little off the field hiccup thing at the very end of the year with the with the picture and all that, the social media thing. Um, so he, you know, he and he's bounced back, and uh, you know, he came. I feel like he came ready to play this year. He's uh, and like I mentioned that. Part of the game that just was kind of non-existent, which is his strength. His strength going forward, at least, is his ability to combine. His ability, you know, he's a guy that gets the ball. He wants to look up. He wants to hit the guy in front of him. He wants to hit the guy, you know, more central to him and make and move up, hit an overlap, do something like that. And that was just gone last year. I mean, just completely. Yeah, no, it was. And you know, I, I you know, I, I agree with you. I think he's he's definitely bounced back so far this year. Um, and I think it's it's really great for the union to see their right back. Mm-hmm. Bouncing back into into a kind of form that that Keegan has been in, he's been able to to get forward a little bit, to get some crosses in the box, to to move up the field, and and you know we've talked about talked about this at nauseum is that it's just not something that Ray Gaddis gives you when he plays right back. Right. You know, Jim, Jim will be the first to tell you that they they play Ray for his one on one defending for for his uh, his tactical awareness uh, on the back line, whereas as Keegan is is a good defender, but it also can get forward a, mm-hmm. a lot better than than Ray will. Oh ever. yeah, it definitely has that that dynamic aspect of this game yeah. that, that Ray doesn't have. Um, so let's talk about the game. DC got a win. It, it was it wasn't pretty. It wasn't you know, it wasn't I, you know, I think if if you could erase one of those DC goals mm-hmm. and just get out of there with a three to one win where you've basically dominated the game as yeah. the union, um you, you DC had very little to show for for anything going forward. Um I think you would have been much happier at three nil, three one, three two makes that game look closer than it ever was. Um, no, I think it you, does. you look at and you look at those two goals, and you you could be frustrated with the the, the union back line. I think uh, the, the first one, Jack gives the ball away, and then I think you get Austin Trusty pushing up a little bit too too fast on a on a guy whose best option is probably shooting from thirty five yards out, and lets the run in behind him, yeah. and ends up being an easy finish. Um, that second one, it seemed like <laughs> that was. Uh... Yeah, I mean, that, I mean that's a good goal. I mean that's it's it's it's, it's, a, it's a, a nice fi- cross. It's a good finish. Why is a guy wide open eight yards from that, goal? That, that, Why is a guy being allowed uh, to cross with the, no pressure the, on him? The second goal worried me more. The first goal is I, I, I thought I, I thought DC had a little bit better of the play at least in those first 10, 15 minutes. I mean that was the, uh, the best DC had played in no, the game was the first ten minutes. No, it really was. So they were poor. Uh, no, they, they weren't great. I mean that wasn't you know that wasn't a good. It wasn't a great DC performance, obviously, um, but I, I thought they had the union a little back footed there, and you, you had your rookie center back just jumping a little early, where he could have, you know, if he if he hung and, and kind of 
kept his position, kept his zone, and just kept the play in front of him, it might have been a little different story. That second goal, though, was a lot of like kind of was that you or me? Was that yeah. was that my guy? Or was that your guy? And it was a lot of that, and that that's worrying. That that uh, that I don't like. You know? I I agree. Yeah, that was, I, that was frustrating. Yeah, when when you make a mistake out of aggressiveness, it's not it's a little less excusable than just of completely unawareness. And that's what that second goal kind of felt like to me. It was a great fit. I'm not thinking. Like, by the time the ball got to uh, Maddox, it was over because yeah. he, he made that great finish. And you know what are you going to do? But just the whole setup to that. Um, so it was great to see Judge Kell get a goal. And yeah, you know, I thought that was that was easily his best performance. Oh, far and away in, in a Union shirt. Yeah. You know, and I th- I think that they needed they needed that from him. They needed yeah. they needed a game where he just ran out there and 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 dominated play where he was on the ball a lot where they were getting the ball into his feet where he's spraying passes around the midfield where he's popping up on the right and sending crosses mm-hmm. in where he's ripping shots from 6 yards yeah. i mean yeah and that was his first i mean he took a bunch of shots that game i think he he uh, uh he, he's got a good willingness to shoot at, at yes, that number 10 spot which not a lot of 10s do but he's he's willing to if, if you know the pass isn't on and he's got to look he's taking a shot yeah. and and, and it's a powerful shot when it comes. No, it's, it is, and it's good because there's not a you know the union have I think historically had a lack of guys willing to shoot from distance, and uh, to to have a guy like that who's willing to kind of take that distance shot because uh, you know you, you, you force a goalkeeper to make a save. You don't know he bobbles it, he doesn't get a clean hand on it, and CJ's there to clean up the clean up the mess. You know, and, and you know. That, I mean that that's a scenario that could, that could play out. So you don't, you know, it's not bad shooting the ball from that from that distance. No, absolutely not. Um, and the Union traditionally have not had a lot of players that yeah. that, that take take on those shots. You know, I think it was a little bit different with with Harris last year. Who yeah. was pretty good at it. Um, yeah, I looked, think and Harris's role was a little different uh, to last year than yeah. it is this year. So he was kind of he was on the ball more in those situations than yes, he, he is was. right now. Um, so it's Elsino had. Yeah, we we got the Elsinio we needed. Yeah, you know, I, listening to Jim talk about Elsinio in the post game and the decision to go with Elsinio versus Fafa Paco, and I think it, it made a lot of sense uh, explained to us, which was um, with a team that they anticipated going to sit deep a little bit, mm-hmm. like DC did. Um, you don't need a guy with the speed of Fafa in that situation. You want a guy that's going to be, a, a, you know, a little bit closer, a little a guy that, that likes to be on the ball, that likes to, to be on the dribble and take players on in that final third and then and, and in the opponent's half. Um, so I can anticipate that you might see that kind of same setup when the Union return home in a couple mm-hmm. of weeks, especially hosting a team like Salt Lake, who's probably going to come in and, and do a similar thing to D.C. and, and sit a little further back. Um, you know, with the Union going on the road to Toronto um, and then Columbus in the next couple of weeks or in the next week and a half, I guess. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Fafa start both of those games, especially against Toronto this week. You know, you, you have to anticipate that Toronto's going to have quite a bit more ball, more of the ball than D.C. did. Um, and to have guys on the wing like David Akam and Fafa Paco that you can release and can get up the field in a hurry mm-hmm. um, is a huge advantage. Whereas, you know, I don't think El Sino is 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 would would see as much of the ball in a in a game where the the other team is going to dominate possession. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking to be more of a counterattacking team, you, you want that speed. You want right. the, those guys to kind of you know go off to the races, spread things out. Um, and you hear Keegan that they're going to go on the road and try to play the Union game, which has been the high press all year. And 
you know, I, I, I've had my doubts that they can maintain it for 90 minutes. It just, you know, because you have some younger guys you have. I don't know if you have quite the talent to play that game or quite the team to play that game all the time. It's going to be tough to, to do that against Toronto because Toronto could kill you in like 10 different ways. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of funny the way that we're, we're talking about Toronto because we're talking about Toronto, the team that won the league last year, yeah. and not Toronto that's sitting on four points dead last in the yeah. league right now. But, yeah. um, so it, it'll be interesting the way that the union does approach this, you know, and I think that they will try to, to, to play the, the same way that they've played the, the, the previous couple of games, and they are going to try to keep the ball a little bit better, and they are going to try to high press. And I tell you what, if if you go up there and you you nick a goal in the first half, fans maybe turn on the team a little yeah. bit. Team starts to doubt themselves a little bit. Stranger things have happened. No, they have. And uh, it was an interesting thing. And I had to think back, and he was right. Uh, Curtin was talking about how you know, Ali 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 Bedoya has kind of stepped up against Toronto. He plays pretty well. He's, he does. You know, he had that yeah. that, that wonder chip goal, he and, did. and he had the playoff uh, playoff goal. Against them, uh, that's a lot of PK miss. But. So I don't know if he, he well, <laughs> yeah, well, but I don't know if he wants to show up his buddies, uh, his national team buddies on the other, uh, you know, Bradley. I hope, I hope he does out the door and stuff like. I don't know why he steps up, but it'd be, you know, it'd be nice. Uh, but the flip side of that is that Toronto's kind of the wounded animal in the corner. They put all their all their eggs in this in the Concacaf Champions League basket. They gacked one against Chicago. They see Union coming in with that young defense. Two, you know. Uh, Javanko and Jose looking at those two young center backs, like, yeah, hey, we could get something done against those kids. Yeah, you know, I, I, I have to believe that 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 has to cross the minds of the Toronto FC players. But uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting how this backline handles that because mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't, don't want to take out the Dallas game, but um, you know, we haven't seen that back line really get run over. In a game so far this season, that you really haven't. It's been um, they, more the, the, the team collectively didn't show up yeah. for that that match in Dallas. Uh, I don't want to pin all that on the back line, and they yeah. weren't strong in that game though. No, it's been more individual kind of moments where where yeah. it hasn't been like you know they were just getting blown by. I mean the Dallas game obviously. I mean that the the whole team got walked over. That was just a ninety minute you know waste of time. But um, so we're talking before. Probably not going to happen, just knowing how we know the team. But do you maybe sacrifice Harris for a more defensive-minded number six on the road? Yeah, uh, I suggested it to you before we went on the air, and I, yeah. I stand by it. I would, I would consider dropping Harris for Warren Creval for this game to give a little bit of protection for that that young back line. Um, I don't think that Harris has had a, a a great start to the season. It's come in in flashes. He's not been a consistent as he was last year. I thought he was regularly one of the best players in the field for the Union last season, and he's not quite been in that form this season. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's 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 an idea. You know, I, th- I think yeah. you, you put a true defensive midfielder out there, a guy that can win a tackle. You know, I th- it seems like it's Warren Creval at this point. We've seen Derek Jones really tumble down the, the depth chart yeah. for, for reasons that we don't really fully understand, I don't think. Um, but I would... Personally, yes, I, I could see Warren getting a run out, and I think it's just Harris's role has changed a lot this year. With yeah. you know Fontana and Dutch Cal, will you have a more solidified number ten spot where that spot was never really nailed down, and Harris kind of took it upon himself to you know coming out of the deeper spot to be the playmaker. 
he has a, he sees a lot less of the ball now. I think his job is more to get it and move it. Where last year he could be a little more yeah ponderous with the ball and I kind of you know he had more chances to to do things with the ball. So I I think since that's changed, he hasn't found the real rhythm in any game. It feels like that he's 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 a guy that's really involved and he's to his own admittance he's not a great defender no and he's not a guy that's going to get stuck in he's not a guy that's going to go sliding and make a tackle no no i mean he he could kind of get in the way a little bit he could kind of cut off a lane here and there but he's not a guy that's like you know consistently just going to anchor you know just be that anchor be that guy be the kind of that invisible wall in front of the in front of the back four i i do think if you sacrifice harris for warren Craval, you you do miss quite a bit of passing from that range. No, you do. Um, and I think that is going to fall because it, it's not Warren Craval's game to pass the ball up the no. field. It's it's not something he's he's good at. I, I don't think he 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 would probably admit it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think you probably end up relying more on uh, Jack Elliott and Austin Trusty to, yeah. to to fill the, those shoes a little bit about moving the ball from the the deep position. Or even Keegan. I mean, Keegan can move the ball. Sure. I mean, if you want to work it. Kind of that way, being, being, he could almost be. I mean, they're shifted so far to the right anyway. Yeah, um, that he can almost be the first guy to get the ball off off the other defenders and move it up to Bedoy or to Dutch Cal or. Uh, so you have options there. I mean, Austin's you know got the athletic ability to carry the ball. Yes, he does. You know, through a couple zones, Jack's a, I, I think a lot better passer than people realize. I mean, yeah. the, the DC game notwithstanding, I think Jack can. Get the ball upfield pretty well. Yeah, I think he, he, he plays to. some really delicious diagonal balls yeah. from time to time. Yeah, he so if you give that up a little bit with Harris, you can kind of kind of spread that around maybe amongst your defenders just to have that guy, that extra guy who who can sit there and cut off. Because if if you're giving up, you know, I man rushes that you know he's a uh, the hockey term if you're giving that up against Toronto you're gonna to be in a lot of trouble yes you are if you don't have a guy that can get back and be that extra body yep. to, to cut off a pass or just you know even put in a tactical foul just yeah. to just to throw cold water on it they'll they'll you're gonna be in trouble yeah I think so. and I, I just you know and I worry about you know they're they're Number of points notwithstanding, Toronto still has that talent up there. They, they still do. have that firepower, and yeah. it's a tough place to go still in the, in the league. Um, one guy that we haven't really discussed much uh, because there hasn't been a lot of cause to is David Akam, um, who was the guy that really didn't get going against D.C. Uh, like we like we talked about with Keegan, um, mm-hmm. there was a lot of attack down the right. Uh, Akama's often very isolated on the left. He had, he was playing with Ray Gaddis behind him, who's not going to give you a lot of offensive right. support and a lot of overlapping runs. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I was joking before the game last week. It's just like, are we really clamoring for Fabinho back at left back? Just to, just, just, just to give you that little bit. That's to me, and I, that's why I asked Curtin about it, because he says it's by design. I'll agree with him. But... I don't think they really got into the game until they opened up the left side yeah, and started using the whole field. And if your strategy is to go up that right side, which is fine, but you're leaving a calm pretty much out of the game where he's kind of out there kind of fending for himself 
and he's supposed to be one of your best players. It there's, there's a flaw in that strategy for for me when it comes to that. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, I I thought that we might see David Akam switch to the right a couple of times yeah. this year, and it hasn't happened. Um, but he's been. It's I think it's been a frustrating year for for him so far. You know, I think he's he's in his head a little bit. He always seems to be making that one extra move. Yeah. Um, he'll beat a guy and then feel the need to beat him again instead of firing the shot. His He's had probably a number of shots blocked. Mm-hmm. I think he's waited that extra second a couple of times. Um, he should have that one goal. Uh, what was the the goal? Was it against Dallas mm-hmm. where the keeper made the, the the double save against him and CJ? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but I, I can't think of too many other opportunities where where you could really point to a comment and say, "Man, he should have had that one." It's, he's he's just not been quite on the same page I mean, as that, the rest of the group yet. That's the worrying thing. I mean, he's been with his team through camp. It's not a situation like you have with Dutch Cal, who, who came in after camp, came from another country, another league. I mean, he's he knows MLS. He, you know, they're they're, I guess, a little different system in Chicago, but you should by this point be kind of acclimated to it. And and again, just the tactical decision by the coaching staff to against DC to just abandon that left yeah. side for sixty percent of the game, where you just you you and like you said, he's out there by himself because he's not going to get help from Ray. You know, this your 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 two central, you know, two two of your three central midfielders are drifting to the right. Mm-hmm. And again, another thing that Jim it came up with Jim, even though he's left footed, Harris kind of likes to hit that ball across his yeah, body, diagonal. the diagonal ball across his body, not really the through ball up the left side. So that further isolates him. I think if they go on the road and they go back to the Fafa, uh, Fafa Akam idea that it, it really should be Akam on the right and Fafa on the left. Because I think Akam, uh, Fafa can get his just with his speed and just he's going to do what he does no matter what side he's on. He's just going to run, run at guys, try to get behind. Where, it, you know, I always just the difference in, in those two players, I always think of you know, Fafa's more like like a drag racer. Com's more like a F one car. If you're going to make that analogy, like Fafa's just bang straight straight down the line. Where Com's going to change speeds, kind of you know move his hips around, try to try to do that. And Fafa can do that wherever. But a Com, and if you're so biased to the right side, and Com's one of your best players, and you want to work the ball up the left, why not try him out there where he's kind of surrounded by help? Yeah. I, 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 you know, especially especially because you're trying to get the guy going a little right, and everything you said is right. He's been yeah, exactly. He's been in his head a little bit. He, I feel like he's out there kind of playing his own game sometimes. Um, and you're not helping him at all by isolating him like you did, and yeah. for most of that game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the, I don't know kind of what else I could do for him uh, other than maybe moving him more centrally where he could tuck in behind CJ, but that's, you know, that's... It's not going to happen. That's crazy talk. Crazy. <laughs> so we were... We talked about this a little bit uh, before we got on air. Um, three away games in a row. Yeah. You have Toronto, you have Columbus, and then you have Montreal. Um, what is a reasonable haul of points? <sighs> um, you'd like four, but I'd you'd take two. Four. I'd sign up for four. Yeah. I think two is probably... What's going to happen? It's tough because, I mean, Montreal, they, they never play well up in Montreal. It's always some kind yeah. of crazy game, and it, they never do that well up in Montreal. 
Columbus, I mean, you know what the crowd's going to be like, but Columbus, they're playing pretty well. They are. And I think they're out there to prove a point. Um, and Toronto's Toronto. Yeah. You'd like four, you'd take two. It, yeah, but you could easily get, walk out of it with one. Yeah. I mean, you could, I could see, easily see him like dropping two games and just getting a squeeze and a tie out of somewhere. I mean, I don't know. Okay, so if you're talking about where, where do you think the three points, if, if the ideal haul is four points, where do you think the three Montreal. points come? Okay, I don't think that they can win in either other place. I I, I think Toronto is going to be out for blood on Friday night. I think it's going to yeah. be a really difficult game. Um, I think going to Columbus. Columbus is playing well. It's in their building. A point is a good result there, mm-hmm. um, and a close loss isn't your worst, the worst thing that can happen. I think that the team has to continue to play well. They have to score goals. Yeah. They have to score goals. <laughs> well, that's the thing, and I, uh, I, I'm not yeah. even if even if their losses scoring losses. Uh, yeah, I, and I'm not convinced. You know, with Jim's talk of oh, once we get a couple, the floodgates will open. I'm not convinced of that. Yeah, I mean, I hope that's the case. Yeah, it would be nice, and and but I'm not convinced of that. And hanging three on DC doesn't convince me. I mean, they needed to. Yeah, but now they got to go out and get two against Toronto, even if you lose, or even if it's a score draw. You got to get goals in Montreal. Even I mean, you have to kind of keep the goal scoring up. I, you know, till they can do it over a span of a few games. I'm not convinced this offense is back yet. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Um, I think I think I the, think the best chance to win is the game is in Montreal. Montreal has right. been poor. Yeah, they have been below the Union in the standings. No, you're you're right, and I, I think of those three, you're probably right, but they just don't play well there. Yeah. And it's always they do some, play well in Columbus, though. They, they've got a couple of points yeah. out there. Yeah, so maybe maybe you flip that. Maybe, but you but take Columbus it wherever playing, they come. Yeah, no, you take it wherever you get it. But I mean, Columbus is playing so tough. Yeah, and this is just a tough stretch. And it just it's so glaring that you had this home stand to start yeah. your start your year, and you couldn't take advantage of it. Yeah, that's terrible because if they win. You know, they won two of those games. If they won a third, you get a third game in that homestand with a W, then it takes a little pressure off of this road trip. Now it's like, it's not make or break, but it's pretty darn close to it. Yeah, I mean, it would have been huge to to grab a goal in that Columbus draw. Yeah. Uh, that Orlando game was terrible. They they, they had enough chances to they should, put they, that game away. That Orlando game was, that, that's, yeah. Um. So. <laughs> so, there we go. Uh, so we do a uh, prediction. Should we move on to our other topics? Yeah, um, I think two one in Toronto. Two, two nothing. Yeah, uh, and it's I, I think Toronto. I, you know they they're they're back in the league. They don't have to worry about con- uh, the ch- uh, Champions League right now. I I don't think they're a happy bunch, uh-huh. <laughs> and it's kind of like don't shoot Bongo. You only make him angry. I think they're I think they're probably gonna be an angry team. They want to let it out on someone. Yeah. I'm afraid of that. Yeah, that's that's just my feeling. Um, so the other topic we want to talk about is the reported return again, again, again of a Philadelphia Union Third player. Third time's a charm. Um, there are reports. I think first put out there by our good friend Kevin Kincaid that uh, Sebastian Latou is going to retire. Philadelphia Union player signed one of his one day contracts. And yep. that's that's the way it should be. That's that's the absolute right move. A hundred and twenty five percent. You talk about a team in need of goals. This is a team in need of goodwill. <laughs> yeah. And this this is great. 
And, he, you know, the second time, well, both times he left weren't fantastic. But the second time he left was kind of a surprise. And I think that really left a bad taste in the player's mouth and the surprise the fans a little bit. Um, but if they could patch it up and make amends, I think he should have – he should be with the team in some capacity. Absolutely. It, it, on on the coaching level, I know he's – There's I saw some video of him working out with the Cherry Hill FC, one of the fine youth organizations in the Delaware Valley, working out with some of the kids there. If you know he be, become part of the, uh, if he can become part of the uh, the academy setup, helping out down there, doing something. Yeah, he, I mean, just just appoint the guy the Goodwill Union ambassador right. too. I mean, have him out there shaking hands oh, yeah. and, and greeting people. Pro- That's what he's the best at. I, I'm sure he, he's yeah. a personable guy. He's been the face of the, the club for yeah. the the decade or so that they've existed. Um, yeah, get get him involved on some level. Right. He's out there, you know, with the fans, wearing a scarf, you yeah. know, pressing the flesh a little bit. I, I could even see him, you know, he's going to be kind of like the guy that works with the like the corporate donors and all that, the sure. corporate, corporate yeah. accounts and things like that. He's the he's got that that sleek French accent. Oh yeah, yeah, and you know, he's he's just a personable guy. We've we've both met him, and you just remember those first couple of years where he would just be out there forever signing autographs, yeah, and just shaking hands and taking pictures with kids and. Doing, doing all that, and you know, he was the face of this team, and in a lot of ways, he still is. He's still, he's his name's all over the record book still. And. Yeah, I mean, he still holds a number of union records, and I mean, and not only was he the face of the club, and and by and large, the best player that's ever played for the team. He's had a really good MLS career. Yeah, I mean, he's the guy that's going to retire with fifty goals and fifty assists. There's, there's not a lot of guys in the league that yeah. have done that. I think it's it's less than twenty. Yeah, I mean that's that's a really good career, and that's you know. Um, I think he still has the record for uh, open cup goals too, doesn't he? Yeah, I think he has the modern yeah the modern record for yeah. uh, for U.S. Open goals, uh, open cup goals. So, and the the other thing that since he left, there hasn't been anybody to fill that void where there's that connection. Yeah, with the fans. Yeah, There's I think the, the union have kind of like pushed the edges of trying a couple of guys in that yeah. role, whether it's Bedoya, Blake, think, but, Trusty. Yeah, I think Bedoya they put out there. And I think Bedoya wants to be in a lot of ways. I think Bedoya, um, kind of carries the weight of being the captain and being like one of the higher highest paid guys on the team and all that, and you know highest profile one of the highest profile guys. And I think he he carries that weight, and I think he carries it pretty well most of the time. Uh, but there just has it was such an organic connection with Latou, and it just kind of just happened. Yeah, and a lot of those times you can't you can't like make it happen. You know, it's got to just kind of happen organically. And I'd like to see maybe you know Trusty because he he seems like such a good kid. Yeah, and you know if last year if Keegan didn't have that hiccup, I think you would have seen it maybe a little more with him. That you know people connect with him again, the local guy and all that guy that's been with the union since. Since he was a kid, and same thing with Trusty. Um, you know, Jack. Jack's kind of a quiet guy. You know, his, his play kind of speaks for itself. It's not going to be Jack. Jack's kind of laid back, quiet guy. He's not. I don't think yeah. he's got that. Um, yeah, you know, Harris a little bit because Harris is, just has has that personality. But his but his play hasn't been there this year, so yeah. it's it's tough to. Um, you know, again, it just kind of has to happen. It has to happen organically, and uh, so just having Latou around, I think. Would is just good for the franchise, and like I said, they they need a little bit of goodwill, right? They now. do. I mean, they, absolutely. They you know they haven't started out the year that great. They haven't scored that many goals. They've had a few interesting attempts at marketing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that have kind of fallen flat. Um, so this is good, and this is one of those nice things that costs you zero dollars, and it's just 
something that, you know most of the fans can get behind. And, Absolutely, you know, it'll be a great thing. You know, he gets one more cheer, he comes out probably. You know, yeah, waves with everybody, he gets one more cheer from the fans when they I'm sure whatever special with two night they'll have. Sure, coming up. And, Absolutely, and he's you know he's still connected to the uh, to the, the area. He lives in the area. I know yeah. his, his his wife is a uh, is a local and. So he has that. He has roots here, which yeah. you can't say. You can't point. It's, it's awesome that I get to see him around my neighborhood. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Walking walk, walk, down the street. Yeah, you get to see him. So, so um, yeah, it's like anything else we want to talk about before we wrap it up? Uh, I just, I, I might have caught the end of the Champions League match while I was at work. Sure, you did. Um, um, I might have just caught a little bit. Yeah, that's a strange ending. Yeah. I mean, Liverpool. Uh, what were they? Was it five to an aggregate going into going yeah. into today? And, and seven to six. <laughs> I mean, you you think they've you know they and they nicked the goal pretty early, and you'd think they would just yeah. I thought it was over after they scored. Yeah, you think you just want to see it through, but Roma wouldn't go down. Yeah, Roma would not go down. They had a kind of kind of a little hinky uh, uh, penalty at the end. Yeah, which I watched replay a couple times. Like, mm, yeah. like eh, if that wasn't going to be the last kick of the game, I wonder if that gets called or not. Right, exactly. And but they go through. They go through against Madrid, and that should be. I think it's it sets up two two of the most informed players in the world. Right. Oh God! Yeah, where, where, yeah. You, where you have yeah, Ronaldo, Ronaldo versus Salah. Yeah, th- that's. I mean, that's that's your marquee matchup. That's going to be great. And, yeah, yeah. You, know, you kind of have, you know, you, you kind of have the brutishly efficient Real and the go for broke Liverpool. Yeah. So when you get two different styles in a final, that's always fun. Yeah, you know, and I think uh, I think it was Stu Holden who said it on the 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 call of the game uh, today. Whereas if the final is a is a two legged game like the 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 rest of the knockout stage, you probably have to tip your hat to Madrid and say that they're mm-hmm. probably a more complete team. I think that they're a lot stronger defensively. Yeah, but in a one-off final, Liverpool could score five goals. Oh, you yeah. just you have no idea what's coming from the, the, oh, yeah. that front group. Um, yeah. Oh, and, it, and they could give up four and, yeah, and win. Yeah. And and yeah, because like I said, they're they're very much go for broke. It's very much yeah. I think it has the potential to be a really fun game. Where Klopp you, knows his defense is what it is, so he knows he's got to go out there and get goals. Yeah, you know, I think that the Champions League final, like like any big big competition final, can can tend to be a little bit of a cagey affair yeah. with teams feeling each other out and not wanting to make a big mistake. Um, but we saw some pretty open games in the yeah. semifinal. You know, I think you know, and, I, I thought Bayern played very well against Real Madrid. I thought that they probably were the better team over two legs, but they got punished for their mistakes and they went out because of it. And and, and you know, and you have. Madrid, who, who you know want to keep their recent you know uh, Champions League success going, and you have the return of Liverpool, who traditionally is one of the great European, yeah, you know your comp- have just had amazing European competitions in their history, and so you have you so you have that storyline. You have you know these two teams that have such great histories in European competitions going at it, and and you have different styles, and you have two, some great players, and so it should be. Looks like it's going to be a great final. It's probably going to be a nil-nil kick around. But <laughs> I know. Looks like you know, <laughs> no. it, it really it's should be. Always the way it goes when we talk yeah, about seriously. it. Seriously, should be a great final. And I, no, I'm, I'm definitely excited about it. Yeah, I, I hope so. I'm 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 going to be here for it. So I think it's it's going to be fun. Excellent. So I think we'll wrap it up on that. Wanted to thank uh, Keegan Rosemary coming on. Uh, always great to talk to Keegan. He's a he's he's always a pretty good interview. He's, he is. He's always good to talk. He's really to honest. And, uh, always uh, easy to talk. to. Oh, for sure. And uh, so we'll catch everybody next week.